right, everybody, welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, the CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast, and to my knowledge, the only daily NFL podcast non-fantasy football related on the entire planet. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Make sure you subscribe. Really? Yeah, I know, You researched that. I like that. Okay. No, uh, that's Jason Lockenfora. He joins us every Tuesday, uh, or every Wednesday, excuse me. Uh, We record this on Tuesday. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, give... I was going to say it's Giving Tuesday. We promoted Brady's chari- Brady Quinn's charitable cause uh, on 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 Tuesday show. So I was going to let you promote your own charitable cause, but no, I did not. I did not actually research it at all. Um, I'm just kind of going with it and uh, and just hoping that I'm right. And if I'm right, I'm right. It sounds and, good. Yeah, right. It it certainly sounds good. Um, people can subscribe, yeah. rate, and review on iTunes. We got a fancy new. Um, Fancy new, uh, uh, reporting, like, thing on the back end. That doesn't matter for anybody who listens, but it's kind of cool. Like, right now, as we're recording this on Tuesday morning, there are four people in Canada downloading our podcast. There are what? Now you can, like, see where people are downloading the podcast from. Like, we are being, as we're talking, not this particular podcast, but there are five different countries downloading the, um, downloading the podcast right now. Like, recent editions of one Pick six podcast or another. Correct. Yeah. Whatever. Whether it was, uh, and it shows you what country they're from. Yeah. United States, Canada, United Kingdom, Austria, and Mexico all downloading our podcast right now. How cool is that? Really? Yeah. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah. But it's probably one of the ones with Prisco on it and not even me. So I, I can't really get, I can't. That's a feather in your cap, Will, but I don't really know that I can take any. Uh, actually, our Thanksgiving NFL game, uh, the, the game picks we made for the Thanksgiving podcast, the, or the ones we made last week, right up there, JLC. Very popular. Uh, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of the popular ones are against the spread, but that's okay. Um, We're big in Austria then, huh? I like it. Big in Austria, apparently. Uh, anyway, if you, uh, if people want, they can also, oh, we got the, uh, I'll, we'll have the, um, I'll send out an email to listeners today. Uh, breaking down the playoff situation for our Pick Six podcast leagues, we have four of them. Uh, there will be sixteen. Jason, Jason's working on his espresso, by the way, for those wondering. Yeah, dude, uh, this the, is coffee number two. Sorry, right. there will be uh, sixteen different playoff participants, and uh, four will eventually traverse on into the super playoffs, where we will figure out who the ultimate winner is. Hopefully, it'll be me. I made the playoffs. That's exciting. Um, if you want, if you have uh, playoff fantasy questions, I don't really want to do lineup situations, but I'll do add. I don't really want to do add drops either. But like, if, if you got an urgent one that's a really complex one, don't send me a Patrick Mahomes one. You can DM me at Will Brinson, or you can email me at willbrinson at gmail dot com. I'm inexplicably opening up communiques. Uh, let's get into the slide into Brinson's DMs with yeah. the fantasy football queries. I like it. Yeah, uh, or. Um, I, I like I like the emails too. I mean, I'll do the DMs. Uh, do you have open DMs or no? No, I don't even know. To go, uh, is that something I'm supposed to click on or something? No, but like, is that a setting? Is that like a, a you, setting? You can change it, and then anyone can DM you. But then you get into like situations where dudes are blowing you up about your opinions, um, as opposed to just like having a good nature conversation or like spam bots with uh, semi naked pictures. You're like, hello. You know, it's it's all it's all it's all very. Yeah, I guess mine are closed. I think. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd stay closed if I were you. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, because I, I'm not getting like I don't get random people on my DM, so I guess that means they're. That, that means that means they're closed. That's probably the way to go. All right, uh, you yeah, can follow. I'm, I'm down with that. You can follow Jason. No, offense. no, no, none taken. You can follow Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. Let's get into some NFL news, and we're going to start 
in Jacksonville. So uh, speaking of Twitter, I had some guy like back when I wrote the, hey, the Jaguars should trade for Teddy Bridgewater piece. Or I, I, yeah. I, I even said the Rams should trade for him because you know, we were having the conversations out here, too. Like the Rams needed a competent backup yeah. in case Jared Goff got hurt. The Saints ultimately yep. traded for him. They're in a good spot. Uh, but I had the Jaguars ranked at number two. Uh, Pete Prisco was down in Jacksonville. And he knows the people well there, and they came up to him and said, "Hey, your boy Brinson wrote a dumb article," and and laughed at, laughed at me, laughed at me over that article. Um, I had people, Dude, I had somebody on they Twitter literally when the Jets offered him to him, offered them to him. You know, I wrote about this weeks ago, and then I've even kind of made a heard more about it recently as the Jags have continued to look like. Um, Perpetual turds from week to week. Is that too strong to say? I really no, don't think so. No, Eight no. out of nine losses, no discipline. Their best players acting the full, getting thrown out of games, talking out of their backsides too much. You know, the quarterbacks uh, can't even, he wouldn't even be the primary backup on a lot of teams. Uh, when I say they scoffed at the Jets, they scoffed it. Like, it was literally like, what? Why are you calling us? Like, huh? Us need a quarterback? No, bro, we got Bulls and Kessler. Take that weak stuff somewhere else. Like, that literally, like, they were offended almost by, like, the, the mere process of someone looking to trade, you know, uh, a potential starter and a, immediate, you know, 1B guy, if not the 1A guy in a lot of places. Like, why would you call us first? For Fowler? Get out of here. No. See you later. Okay. That's insane. I mean, what? Okay, yeah, what, what? Like literally, like, offended by the proposition of why are you wasting our time with this phone call? We're the Jaguars. It's we are on our mission to win the Super Bowl, and we kept Bortles, didn't you see? And check our depth chart. Yeah, we got Kessler too, bro. We're riding or dying. Get out of here. That's the craziest thing ever. So the Jaguars were Yeah, they should have let Jalen Ramsey handle their trade talks in the summer. <laughs> so the Jaguars were under the impression, like legitimately convinced as they went into the 2018 season, that they were not going to have, not only were they not going to have any issues at quarterback, but that they were better situated at quarterback than like anyone else in the league, including the Patriots. And I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that, but they were wanted no part of any of these, the mere propositions that you might want to get a real quarterback that, that, that who could actually win you a game if he had to in case, gee, I don't know, is Bortles and Kessler aren't the answer. Like, just, you know, I know, hoping against hope. That's crazy. Whatever, man. dude. A lot of hubris there that is coming back. Oh, in the locker room and out. Yeah. That I think is, is coming back around. And um, that looked like a team that could not handle even a modicum of success last year. And – uh, from really that win against New England on, they've been they've been a train wreck, and that's not. I mean, that's not an easy fix. I mean, you can throw out Bortles and Nathaniel Hackett, you know what I mean, in December if you want. But I mean, deck chairs on the Titanic, like yeah. uh, okay. But you know, what did Tom Coughlin really sign up for? And is he really so stuck in that he's this? This is not. This is a long rebuild, like. If they're naive enough to think they could go just plug a Manning or a Flacco in there, you know, at age 36-ish, and think that that guy's now going to make it all okay because, yeah, we really, really were that good. It was just Bortles and Hackett holding us back. You know, good luck with that. I mean, 
The reality for them is their their window has closed. You know, Calais Campbell, you know, Malik Jackson, all the you know, Marcel Darius, at least two of those three, I don't see how they're back. They're way over the cap for next year. Um, the quarterback contract, they probably just have to designate him a post-June 1st cut. I don't, I don't see any way to trade that. The running back is a problem, and he's making like $8 million a year. Like, it's really, really big running back money. Like, it's, you know, not huge money in some other positions, but for a dude who's basically – I mean, he's been more of an issue than a than – more of a detriment than a help, almost. You know what I mean? He's, when you look at how little he's on the field, he's always and hurt. Some of the bizarre stuff that happens when he is like, that's a problem. You know, you could spend, you pay all the guards you want and pretend they're left tackles, but they're not. They're still not at the end of the day. And if you pay Ramsey, and if you don't pay Ramsey, it's going to probably get ugly. And if you do pay Ramsey, it could get ugly too. And then what does that mean for AJ Bouye? You know what I mean? Like, are you going to have two top five? corners in the NFL in terms of, you know, cash commitments. They got they got a lot to sort out there, but the defense is, is descending now. It's not ascending. That defense, you know, it plateaued last year, and not all the parts are going to be back. Not all the parts should be back. And, I mean, they, have, they don't have a skill player on offense that you would really – I mean, they don't really have a skill player on offense in the past that, that you, you would want to – build around you know like yeah do you do you need Moncrief do you need I mean even the, the kids they've drafted maybe it's hard to evaluate because the quarterback's so bad but like there that is a bad football team period this is no fluke this is no um you know the football gods are against us kind of thing that they have a culture issue I mean I, I don't know I can't imagine you keep Marone you know, I don't know what they do with the GM Caldwell. I mean, the whole way it's set up right now is it sort of puts them in a bind because, again, Tom Coughlin probably thought we're going to win something in two or three years. You know what I mean? And then I'm going to I'm going to add to my Hall of Fame resume, and I'm out of here. I mean, I don't know. I would I would take my ball and go home because I think it's diminishing returns for him there. Here's here's Tom Coughlin's quote on ten ten XL on uh, Tuesday morning, and and it's worth noting. And you could tell that the guys at ten ten XL were um, and uh, Tom Coughlin's run that been running running things in Jacksonville for a long time. Pete Briscoe's to- his great stories about him screaming and him calling him up, cussing him out. You don't let you let them off the hook, Briscoe. You're soft, just like my players. Um, and, <laughs> These are my favorite stories, but uh, Tom Coughlin yeah. did 15 minutes of this interview. Like, the Jaguars are this sinking, collapsing ship in the harbor in Jacksonville, just taking on water. They're throwing hacking out. They're throwing portals out. Everybody's getting crushed. Uh, and Tom Coughlin still gets 15 minutes to promote his charity, which is fine. I'm just I'm just noting that I thought it was amusing. Like, they, like and I'm going to promote his charity, too. The J-Fund does good work. So Absolutely. Good. Tremendous. Tremendous charity. Right. I'm just doing that so Tom Coughlin doesn't scream at me. Um and then he said, let's face it, our numbers are down all over the place. Our sacks are way down. Our pressure is down. Our turnovers are out of sight. Penalties, the way we behave on the field is ridiculous. And he's not wrong. Literally. So, I, no. Okay, it's, so. It's, they are like a cesspool, a football cesspool. I mean, they, they, each week they find a way to disappoint you in a different way and to hit a new low. Um, and to do it with the real lack of professionalism, which is like, and and if they think like firing the quarterback and the offensive coordinator, like 
that's that just keep that just perpetuates the 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 dumpster fire because like that like you want to send like you want to send a message that this isn't good enough and this is you know not what you signed up for and we don't have one of the highest payrolls in the league for this crap fire the head coach have Coughlin come down and coach him for the last month and whip him into shape and figure out who belongs and who doesn't you know what I mean the fact that that's not what's happening. The fact that it's cosmetic and that, oh, now Marone will call plays instead of Hackett. Ooh, here comes, you know, <laughs> here, look out, Rams and Chiefs. Here, <laughs> here comes amazing Jags football. Like, that just tells me that it's over. You know what I mean? That like, And, and, it's, and, if, it's, and if I'm Coughlin, I, I would be like, check, please. You know, this is – and I don't know. At this stage of my life, I'm not going to go down there and fix it and coach it myself because it's just not where I am anymore. But that's what needs to be done. Yeah. So that's what I want. Like, what I'm wondering here is who's who's pulling the trigger in terms of the last two years. Anything, nothing happened in that organization that Tom Coughlin didn't want to happen. Right. That's just the straight up fact. So, in other words, if if Nathaniel Hackett was fired. And Blake Bortles is benched. This is an edict from Tom Coughlin down to Doug Marone, right? Well, I would think they'd all be. In a, I, I mean, God, would have to be, you know, a three-hour uh, meeting of the minds to reach the conclusion that you know something needs to change on that <laughs> horrific offense. Like, I would think everybody was of that mind. I think it's more to the point to say. Marone wasn't fired because Coughlin didn't tell the owner you should fire him. You know what I mean? Like, they, they just were – I mean, look, Marone's trying to save his own tail now. So you would not have to call, you know, Marone at 6 a.m. and say, I think you should drop the hammer. I mean, Marone's driving home from the stadium, you know, whatever, from the team bus after they get back to Jacksonville from Buffalo. He's already – no, he already – this. I cannot put Blake Bortles back on this football field. And if I have any chance of saving my job or coming out of this – you know, at least to some degree, not totally blemished and putting myself in a position to maybe at least still be able to call plays somewhere else or go get a college job, then I need to take over this offense myself. So I don't think he needed Tom Coughlin to say a damn thing to him about either of those. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we're going to rank the, so we, do we think this is going to be an open Jaguars job at the end of the season? Cause I mean, there, I, I mean, how, how is it not? I, I'm with you. I mean, they've lost seven in a row and eight of nine. I mean, just go look at the AFC and, and who they play on a weekly basis. Like, this dude, hasn't been murderer's row. Dude, you know what I mean? Dude, their like, wins. Go look at the stretch that the Saints played where they got hot, right? And they started their win streak by to, you know, go to Baltimore, and, and right? And they had to play Pittsburgh, and they had to go to Minnesota, and then they had to play the Rams. Like, just read, read, like read the nine games. Uh, you know they've what they've lost eight of nine. I Here, mean, I'll read t- who they've played since the Patriots. It's uh, it's it's hard. It's hard to lose as many games as they have. I'll tell you. Here, here's what they have. They had they beat the Gi- the Giants in Week One. They beat the Patriots in Week Two. Then they lost uh, six to nine to the Titans in Week Three. Then yeah. they then they bludgeoned the Jets at home. So they had three of their first four games at home, and they they played the crappy Giants in Week One. Bludgeoned the Jets at home. And then they went to the Chiefs, and it was built as this. It was on, you know, it was a huge yeah. game on CBS, built as this, you know, potential conference championship uh, matchup. And they get blasted by the Chiefs. Then they get blasted by the Cowboys, forty to seven. It's like, whoa, all right, maybe yeah. that's just a back-to-back road game. Manhandled by the Texans, manhandled by the Eagles. Going there by that was in, that was the Eagles game was in uh, it was in London. And since then, they've lost twenty-nine to twenty-six to the Colts. 
20 to 16 yeah. to the Steelers and 24, 24, 21 to the Bills. So eight straight losses. They haven't won since September, which is, I mean, yeah, it's hard to imagine. And they've got th- f- three of their final five games are on the road. Uh, they have to play the Colts, Titans, and Texans, and then their non-divisional games remaining are. Oh yeah, everything's a tough game now. I mean, yeah. now, I mean, yeah, everything, everything's a tough game now. But like when they faced the Cowboys, the cow, I was sort of like get off the mat time for the Cowboys. The Eagles have been playing get off the mat games for six weeks now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, they were catching teams at what should have been the right time and finding ways to lose. All right, so they're a mess. Uh, I mean, the who Titans would... didn't score a touchdown against them, and they lost that game. <laughs> that is that's that's not inaccurate. The Jaguars, by the way, um, are like this is sort of sneaky, but they're not far away from challenging for the first overall pick. Oh, I don't think there's a whole lot of wins there. I mean, I think those dudes, they and the Bengals. I mean, in terms of teams where you just look at them and you're like. Oh, they're done. You know what I mean? Like well, and you, you, you could you could start handing out the uh, you know the hefty trash bags at halftime, and they'll start cleaning their lockers out now. <laughs> you know they're ready. Like, well, well and I think good. I think too with these personalities involved, Jalen Ramsey and 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 Calais Campbell, Malik Jackson. I mean, you know, all Litter for Net. I mean, like you could see things get uglier. And you're right about Ramsey because he's this is his third year. He's played at a at a, 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 a Pro Bowl level again, even if the defense hadn't been very good. Uh, he's been good enough. And he's going to want to be one of the top paid corners. And if they don't pay him, he's going to hold out. I mean, like he's not the type yeah, of guy. I think, who's just... I think it would get ugly. I mean, yeah. he, they paid Bouye. You know what I mean? They yeah. paid all the guys. They gave Calais. Care. They played. They played Bortles. They played. Big but here's the thing: if you're them, though, like now you got to shed yourself for those guys. And as much as I have serious issues about Ramsey in, in terms of, um, you know, his sort of attitude and his ability to to handle his emotions through the course of a season, and in many cases through the course of a game, you better start paying your own because no, you're not recruiting, you're not recruiting free agents anymore. And I think the days of Shad Khan leading the league and committing cash are over for a while, maybe forever. Um, I mean, I, I, I they're going to have to pay Ramsey, yeah, and uh, then that's going to mean a few other guys are gone, but. They've got to start identifying a young core now, and that, that's where I say, like, you know, okay, him and you know the linebacker and Miles okay, Jack, and then I'll listen. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I'll listen. Like, I mean, you could tell me the running back, but my God, I don't want to be paying that guy eight million dollars a year. Yeah. Um, you know, and Leonard Fournette's gonna have a seven point five million seven point expense of what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, Leonard Fournette's gonna have a seven point four million dollar. Uh, Cap hit in in uh, in in 2019, 8.6 in 2020, and uh, and then in uh, 2021, I guess it'll be his fifth year option if you want to pick it up. Good luck with that because he's a running back who's not Zeke Elliott, who's not Todd Gurley, who is not Saquon Barkley. So good choice by you, Jaguars. Uh, they could add Deshaun Watson though. All right, anyway, let's move on from the Jaguars to the Bengals, who you mentioned another team that could potentially looks like they're imploding. It's been a disastrous. Yeah, month. they may not win a game. I don't know. I think they. I mean, I I thought they were going to swept by the Browns even before we mm-hmm. got to you know the actual beatdown on Sunday. And I was looking at that as a couple of losses. They, um, what do they have? Five wins now. I mean, so five and they started five and eleven. They yeah. they'll probably still only be picking around ten or something like that, eight to ten, I guess. But there, there's, there, you know, there's <laughs> that thing is over. 
I mean, that thing's over with a bullet. All right, so they so they started four and one. It was a fraudulent four and one. Their only other win is a is a near miss against the Buccaneers, in which they came back. I think you wrote about this uh, on Sunday in your insider notes. Uh, they have lost fifty one fourteen to the Saints, twenty four twenty one to the Bengals, and thirty five twenty to the Browns in a game that wasn't that close. CBS gets to air all five remaining Bengals games. How exciting for us! Mm, uh, Broncos lovely. at Chargers, Raiders. At Browns, at Steelers. That looked like a comfy stretch coming home before the season. It looks like a, dis- a disaster right now. Uh, I think you're right. They could lose five games. Let's say they finish six and ten or five and eleven. Is Marvin Lewis the Bengals coach in 2019? He, I mean, he, he's got. They've got to make a change. I mean, as much as Mike Brown doesn't want to make a change, I mean, th- this team has all the worst qualities of what the worst of Bengals football has been, and it hasn't. I mean, look, the Marvin Lewis era has been markedly better than anything um, previous for a long, long time. The Bengals, Jason, Jason, people, I mean, like, you and I know this because we're, like, roughly the same age, but, like, the Bengals in the 90s were the Browns of the 2000s. They were tragedy, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they were football tragedy. Um, And when Marvin got there, they were totally in the abyss and looked like there was no way out. And, you know, they still, along the way, they always had their share of, knucklehead moments and they were never going to be the most disciplined team they were always going to have their share of penalties um and they were going to self-destruct at the worst possible time but at least they were playing meaningful football games in december and then they actually started playing them in january now they didn't win any of them (laughs) but they at least played them but at a certain point um every cycle ends and i mean this one is just screaming out as uh it's over i mean the, the the lack of of effort and intensity um, the defense, the defense is just as overwhelmed with Marvin Lewis calling the plays as Terrell Austin. You know what I mean? It's not. You could have Belichick come in and call a defense. They're not. They're not going to be very good right now. Um, and if they are this horrific, and you know, I have no reason to think that they won't be. I mean, you just just go look at the last five or six weeks and what they've given up from a yardage standpoint, from a big play standpoint, from uh, a point standpoint, like. That, that's Marvin's side of the ball, man. I, I don't know how there isn't a change there. And I think the real question that I would be asking if I was Mike Brown, and I'm sure he's asking this question because he's always very, uh, you know, penny wise. Okay, well, I'm looking at my payroll and saying, are we, who are we? Like, are we closer to the Raiders or are we closer to the Steelers? You know what I mean? If we're closer to the Raiders and our revenues are, are really low like theirs, you know, we don't have, uh, you know, the same uh, ability to make money as they do. And my defense is this bad with Geno Atkins. How much worse could it be if I trade Geno Atkins? You know what I mean? For a bunch of high picks, it's a very tradable contract and get some more young, cheap labor in here because, you know, what we found out is when we pick in the 20s, we ain't nearly as good as when we were picking in the top 10 all those years. You know, mm-hmm. like it's a lot harder. And, you know, it, we're, we're not quite as good at it. So we might need volume. And the same thing with Andy Dalton. Like at this stage, you know, it's not like they can afford to keep paying them as, you know, 17 a year or whatever. It's no big deal, but like, do you maybe it's time to get one of these real cheap young rookie quarterbacks and go in that direction? And I bet you could get more for Andy Dalton than you think, just because you know he's young enough, he's done enough, um, he's better than a lot of what else is out there, and it's a, it's a super tradable contract. Like, you know, I, I don't know, if, I don't think if Marvin goes, and I would think Marvin would have to go, then I don't think the change stops there. Mm. Do you think that you wrote about this on Sunday as well, reported this, that a lot of people around the league think that Hugh Jackson could be 
the yeah. the coach in waiting I, for the Browns. I, I mean, what what the I hell? Yeah, how? He I can't imagine he does an interview for that job, and he just might get it um, because of look. Just just go. I mean, anybody who knows anything about Bengals football or has paid any attention to it, Mike Browns do things his own way. It's very much run like a mom and pop family business. And he doesn't bring bring people into the circle who he doesn't already sort of trust and know. And you know he's not one of these guys who's going to go out and compete at you know eight to ten million dollars a year for the best and brightest coaches available and interview eight guys, you know, and and be out there slugging it out with you know the Packers and the Ravens and the Browns uh, to to you know to try to get the, the A list dudes and then give them the keys to the kingdom, give them all the money and the power, and get out of the way. You know, Marvin Lewis has been fighting to get more scouts and more infrastructure in there for, it seems like, whatever, he's been there damn near 20 years. Um, it's not going to be a super high-paying job. There's going to be certain constraints and limitations on you, um, and you know that going in. So, you know, you already weed out part of the field there alone. And Hugh's been there in various iterations, um, what, three times? I believe he's well-liked. <laughs> Hugh is a political animal. He knows who he should make friends with. Um, and he does so quickly, and, and he has ingratiated himself with the owner. And they – bro, they just brought him back. He, I mean, he's got the, the, the ultimate stench on him. And once he finishes his media tour, they let him back in the building, and they give him a highfalutin title, and he's out there on the sidelines. Like, if they were afraid of all the baggage you brought, why are you bringing him in in the middle of a lost season? I think you're bringing him in the middle of the lost season because you thought Terrell Austin was the guy in waiting, and you probably should have just kept him and made him the, di- the guy in waiting. But when the defense was that bad, then now Marvin's got to go out and earn his paycheck by coaching that side of the ball. So Austin's gone. But the reality is it doesn't change the fact that they've been in transition for years or pending transition, and now looks as good a time as any for Marvin to leave or go to the front office or do whatever he wants to do, in which case, again, Mike Brown's not going to be interviewing you know, every, every – you know, He's not going to be trying to get, you know, Campbell and Lincoln Riley out of college. You know, John Harbaugh is not messing around with the Bengals. Like, you know, do the math. So, I mean, Eric Bieniemy, sure. I mean, Eric Bieniemy and a couple other guys. But this isn't going to be a long, elaborate, drawn-out thing. Mike Brown's not getting on a plane flying all over the country interviewing guys. You know, and it'd probably be done in a week. And if you don't think Hugh Jackson would be a part of that uh, equation, I'm not saying he to get the job or anything like that. But if you don't think he's going to merit consideration in the eyes of Mike Brown, you haven't been paying attention to how they do business. Well, and the other thing about Hugh Jackson, too, look, uh, like you said, he's been there three times. Mike Brown knows him. Mike Brown is 83, and Mike Brown doesn't – I mean, I think Mike Brown is sort of, you know, hoping to catch lightning in a bottle, but he doesn't want to yeah. spend up to try and make the scouting department better. So whoever works there sort of almost has to know how it's going to work. Like, you have to be – But I will say this about him. When they got to be a playoff caliber team, he spent money in ways I never thought he would. True, true. You know, and a, a, you know, a guy or two left the building, like who? Maybe Leon Hall. You know Mike, what I mean? They, Michael like, Johnson, guys leave, right? Yeah, yeah. But they paid, you know, multiple times, or you know, to keep Geno Atkins there, and they stepped up big um, to keep some of the pass rushers there. When Michael Johnson left, and, you know, they could bring him back. They did, and they extended the quarter. Extended AJ Green, of course. Green, the highest paid wide receiver in the game at the time. You know, if Eifert had remained a player and, and avoided injury, I, I think they would have paid him. But they still brought him back again, you know, hoping against hope that he could stay healthy. Like, he's, he was up there in actual dollars spent on payroll for a five year period in a way I never thought I'd see a Mike Brown team do it. 
Right. I, I guess my point is that, like, at 83, and I don't think this is a Mike Brown thing. This is like an old person thing a lot of times. He's going to opt for comfort. And for whatever reason, Hugh Jackson is, is comfortable Hello? to him. Hello? Yeah. I'm sorry. I lost, I, I did something. I got this new phone. I screwed, I did something weird with it. No, you're fine. Um, no, but you know, and he did it. And you know what? They're still a, t- or a tough sell. It's still an easy ticket. And they never won in the playoffs. So, you know what I mean? we go between six and 10 and eight and eight every year. You know, I don't need to do it spending, you know, over the cap or right up to the cap. And, I think there's going to be, especially, and look, he was one of the only dissenters the last couple of CBAs. You know what I mean? Nobody braces for labor strife and a possible shutdown like Mike Brown. So, <laughs> I, you know, I think, again, two teams, if I were going to bet as a betting man, go to Vegas and say, I bet these payrolls look a lot different and these two teams are no longer going to be in the top five regularly in actual spending on player uh, on player contracts. The Jags and the Bengals stick out like a sore thumb to me. Like I just think they're, that those teams are obviously going to um, – there's going to be a market recorrection. Well, and, and it's interesting to note you mentioned the CBA too. Hey, it's 2018, buddy. Uh, if you were trying to plan for, a, for, for the next CBA and a possible lockout, you're not and – you're, and, you're, and you're frugal like Mike Brown is. Guess what you're doing? You're hiring a coach who's going to work cheap because he has offset languages with his old job and who knows this, knows the place, doesn't going to make you hire a bunch of people, isn't going to make you spend a bunch of money, and you give him a three-year deal and you just let Hugh Jackson see what he can do in Cincinnati while Hugh convinces everybody that it was like John Dorsey and Greg Williams and Todd Haley's fault. Uh, and look, all right, but anyway, we spent enough time talking about the Bengals. I hope, I hope we got Jaguars and Bengals fans who are, uh, who are, who, who listen to this podcast because they got a, they got a healthy dose full. Um, do you think, let's, 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 uh, let's touch really quickly. All right. So let's rank some jobs. Let's say that the okay. open jobs coming open. Let's say Cincinnati's open. Jacksonville's open. Baltimore, Cleveland, Green Bay. Uh, we're going to hold off on Denver, surprisingly. The Jets, yeah. the Buccaneers, and, uh, and we'll just leave it at that. So Buccaneers, Jets, Bengals, Packers, Browns, Ravens. Who's your top three out of that, Jason? I mean, I, the Packers have to be up there. Yeah. I mean, the tradition, the, uh, the tradition with the fans and, and, you know, the jerseys and the stadium and the history and all that, but also, you know, a recent tradition of at least being, I mean, they're in the playoff hunt every year, regardless of what you think about how they've been coached recently and what you think of their roster, you know, they're, they're always in the hunt. And you've got, you know, when he's healthy, the greatest player on the planet. So that's way, way up there. You know, Cleveland, the Haslam people, but, you know, if, if, if you can be remotely convinced that they're going to stay out of the way a little bit and let you do your thing and it's you and Dorsey, that that's a, I mean, they've got a lot of talent there. Greg Williams is doing a hell of a job with that group right now. They can compete in the division right now. Um, that's a that's a good job. And I, I put Baltimore up there as well. Bashadi's won a Super Bowl. He's a young owner. He's not going anywhere. He's been committed to his football team. He stays out of the way. Um, look how long Ozzie Newsom's been there. Look how long Harbaugh's been there. Great stadium. One of the best practice facilities in the league. And it's a wonderful place to live, Will. I don't care what anybody says about it. <laughs> so I, I would put that way up there. Um, would you? Is there a chance that Greg Williams gets that job? Does, I, 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 I mean, feel... there's a chance. I mean, look, Uh-oh. they're going to win more games. I mean, he, he's going to come out of there with a winning record for a team that you know had one win in three years or whatever, with three years, three wins in two and a half years before he got there, you know, or before he assumed control. 
I mean, the young players are playing well. You can tell that people are being held to a standard of accountability, that there are checks and balances, that you can't just show up whenever you want. You can't wherever you, wear whatever you want on the plane and, you know what I mean, do whatever you want on the weekend and think it's okay. That's over. The young players are performing at a high level. They're playing more discipline. Um, I mean, <laughs> God, I mean, we'll see. You know, does, is, 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 a, is a Matt Campbell willing to leave Iowa State? And, you know, do they fall in love with him? Does Harbaugh have another option that he thinks might be better because I don't need to work for the Haslam's? Um, we'll see just how the, you know, how the market sort of uh, aligns itself. But... <laughs> I mean, crazier things have certainly happened in this league. What I mean, you, there's, there's well, no, and crazier things have happened in Cleveland. What do you so, think? What do you, well, what do you think, John Dorsey? Is John? I mean, John Dorsey obviously wants the Browns to win because it helps. You know, it makes him look better. But is he a little? I mean, like, does he want Greg Williams to be the coach? I mean, does he? Does he think Freddie? Because Freddie Kitchens is a, uh, you know, is it? Is it been a good offensive? He's doing quarter? a great job. Is I mean, it, Baker it, Mayfield. I mean, it's only been three weeks, but he's got a QB rating of like one thirty something with him. I mean. It's completing what it's like sixty three of eighty eight. I just I just ran the numbers over the weekend. It's like sixty three of eighty eight for like eight hundred some yards, Dude. and nine touchdowns, one interception. I mean, two. He's, he's completed passes. Like I think even yesterday in the first, last week or what, last Sunday, uh, I think he hit like eight different guys in the first half alone. I mean, they're spreading the ball all over the place. He's bringing even Callaway's making plays now. And Joku had the game of his life again. It's against the Bengals, so I get it, but. I mean, I don't know, dude. He's doing a hell of a job. Since Baker, since Hugh Jackson was fired, Baker Mayfield has the second best passer rating in the NFL behind only Drew Brees and only twice in the history of the NFL since, since sacks were added to stats has a quarterback recorded back to back games of 20 plus passing attempts, a passer rating of 140 plus and zero sacks. Drew Brees did it this year in weeks ten and eleven, and Baker Mayfield did it in weeks eleven and twelve or ten and twelve. You got the so where does Baltimore rank in comparison to Cleveland and Green Bay? I mean, I think those are the ups. Um, it depends what you think of Lamar Jackson. You know, it depends on on the, the Ravens roster is not loaded with talent by any stretch of the imagination. You know, but it's it's kind of a steady Eddie owner. At least he's proven to be very successful and. You know, the decade-ish or whatever since he took over from Modell. I mean, I guess Green Bay, I, I just, it's a great job, but I don't know that Green Bay is another one where they're going to, where the coach is going to be the star and you're going to make your, you know, eight to ten and you're going to run the building. I don't, that's, it's not how it works there. You know what I mean? They usually, it's usually somebody with ties to them. It's usually somebody who's not a big wig before he may turn into a big wig while he's there, but doesn't come in guns a blazing. Um, you know, you're paying a quarterback thirty six million dollars a year. Do you need a ten million dollar coach to win? You know, I just don't know. That's the math there, and I don't know that that's what Mark Murphy's looking for. And you got a very young GM who was just promoted a year ago, who now suddenly things are kind of under duress. You know, and not all the moves they've made have worked, and. You know, Rodgers isn't getting any younger. I don't know that they want potential clashes there, but but I think their power structure, they have a certain way of doing things, you know? And the coach is never, even though we think of Vince Lombardi as the ultimate football coach, I mean, there's a simpler time then. There weren't free agents or anything like that. You know what I mean? I just don't see the coach running the building. And I think some of these guys are going to have a chance to run the building other places, and I just don't know. I just don't know that that's the way they go, Will. The more people I talk to and the more you read tea leaves, 
I don't know that they're going after a Harbaugh. You know what I mean? I don't know Lincoln Riley. I I could be wrong. That's just my hunch as of now. But, you know, it might be more the John DeFilippo route. Mm, interesting. But I mean, that's not bad. Like, go get a, go get a guy. No, I'm who... not saying it's bad, but I, I'm just saying, you know, I, I think you go get a young, malleable, offensive-minded guy who you think can click with the quarterback. You pay him half of what these other guys are making, which also means the staff is a lot cheaper. And, you know, you, you, you the quarterback is the star, and we do things a certain way here. And, you know, we're – you know, personnel is going to rule the day, and you'll coach the guys we get you, and you know what I mean? And you'll be happy with it, and we win a lot here, so don't rock the boat. Like, I think it's more of that kind of deal. Well, I mean, if you think back to it, I mean, like, it's not like the Packers – it's not like the Packers have this long history of just, of just like, hiring huge names. Mike McCarthy was no, that's a, what I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, Mike McCarthy was an OC for in, with the Saints and then the, the, the 49ers for a year. In fact, he helped convince the 49ers to draft Alex Smith, which would eventually land the Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and who he would eventually coach. And, I mean, I got to I gotta think back on Mike Sherman, but I don't think Mike Sherman was No, like, I mean, he wasn't a rock star, and Holmgren didn't become Holmgren until he got there. You know, like, I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I just – I just don't know that that's their model, you know. I, I, I just don't think they're looking to bring bring in a big personality and a guy who's done it in a bunch of other places and has his way of doing things. You know, I don't, I don't think that's that job. I don't think they're that blank slate, the way some other teams would be. Yeah, I mean, Holmgren was an OC for three years before they hired him. I mean, that's this yeah, is, with it, with Walsh and in, yeah. in in you know San Francisco, and he obviously was a hell of a smart coach. And sure. you know what I mean? There's a lot of attractive things. But it's you know it's not like he came in there with multiple Super Bowl rings. Like it's just that's just not really the stuff that they go. Yeah, and again, I mean, like I mean, Mike Sherman was uh, was a uh, uh, before he was he was an offensive line guy in college, and then he then he took over. Uh, then he jumped to the Packers and was a tight end assistant offensive line coach. Then he was the OC in Seattle, and then they brought brought him back to be the head coach uh, in Seattle. So I mean, yeah, it's not, I mean. This is not a franchise that goes out and like makes a splash with a big time head coach. They, yeah, I, they, I don't. I just don't. And I don't. You know, they're very. I don't. You know, Mark Murphy, he knows the history there. And I, I just don't think that's necessarily what they do. Maybe they do it totally different this time, and 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 you know, we'll see. But I, and it's usually somebody who's been there before, who understands sort of the Packer way, who understands the nuances of the market and the nuances of of how they operate. Not and then look, a lot of that's changing with Ted Thompson knowing the running personnel, and I get it. And they'll do things in free agency they probably haven't done before. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's this, you know, I don't think they're chasing dudes begging them to come out of college. You know what I mean? Like, if it's a college hire, you know, maybe it's, I don't know, like Chris at Wisconsin or something like that. You know what I mean? I think maybe it's, it's more of a... <laughs> he might get uh, fired. Uh, he might get fired next yeah. year. Yeah, I don't, uh, here. I, I don't think they're going out there, you know what I mean? Getting in a bidding war for David Shaw, you know, right, I just right. don't think that's where they are. Um, okay, let me. I, I have one more question on this, and I asked Brady yesterday about about Mac Brown being hired by uh, by Carolina, and I, I don't I don't know. I didn't prep you for this, so apologies in advance. But and I don't want you know. I don't know what you think. Mac Brown has been hired by Carolina. Herm Edwards has been hired by Arizona State. That was last year. He went seven and five. Was one game away from from actually making the Pac-12 title game. Uh, just finished right behind Utah in the Pac-12 standings. And, and then Les Miles was hired by Kansas. Is this? 
are you surprised that college coach colleges appear to be making this reverse trend from the NFL and that they're going to hire these old dudes who are retreads, which has always been the NFL move, whereas the NFL is hiring all the young offensive minded guys. I mean, it's, it's sort of a, I'm sure it's something that'll come back in, you know, it'll, it'll regress back to the mean, but to me, it's a very surprising trend. Well, I, I think it's pro, I mean, it's part of it is just supply and demand too. I mean, you're only developing and producing so many coaches, and not every organization, whether it be pro or amateur, let me take that back. There's nothing amateur about the NCAA or college football. No. Whether it be pro or pro masquerading as amateur, um, you like you're, there's only there's only a certain you know pool of talent, and when the jobs keep turning over at the rate they're turning over, and, you know, if a guy lasts five years now, it's like, wow, he was there forever, then you're just going to start running out of dudes. Like, you're going to have to start calling back, you know, quote-unquote retreads or whatever you want to call them. And certainly in some of these situations, too, especially at the, the, the pro masquerading as amateur level, like, they've got a whole nother wave of um, – unpaid talent that they need to mine, right? They got to get out there and recruit and get more free money. So, you know, you want to be able to get your messaging straight. You got other people, you know, recruiting against you and, oh, look at them. They're a sham. They don't even have a coach, blah, 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 blah. So I think some of these people get desperate and they panic a little bit. And it's like, well, this guy's done it and he's got a little bit of a name and he knows how we roll. So let's just do this. Uh, you know, and it's kind of a band-aid because you know it's not for the long haul because just the mere age of some of these guys alone. You know, I, I think it's desperate ADs. People look at their bottom line. And, uh, you know, and you're competing in some cases for the same guys as the pros. But, I, look, I, again, if there's eight NFL, if a quarter of the league turns over and there's eight hires, like you tell me the eight guys that don't, you know, <laughs> give me eight guys that doesn't include Harbaugh and, you know, McCarthy and maybe a Pagano, you know, because there's just, there's not, you know what I mean? There's, there's. There, there's just not, and don't. There's not another McVay out there. Lafleur isn't McVay. No, maybe he's not. there's a guy or two in McVay's current staff who turn out to be a close approximation at some point down the road. But like, they aren't all over the place. They're they're not. If they were, the quality of the league would be better. And we wouldn't be we wouldn't be firing a quarter of the coaches in the league every year. If if like if I mean, t- when you how 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 many coordinators are we up to fired this year? Uh, in all, it's got to be at least five, five right? right? I mean, I feel like it's, it's got to be at least five or six. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because who else has been fired? Terrell Austin, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Todd Haley. Oh yeah. Um, the Bucks, the Bucks fired the deep coordinator, yeah. Mike yep. Smith. Somebody fired a special teams coach, Mike McCoy. Um, Mike McCoy got fired like three weeks into the season. Yeah. I mean, that's inefficiency. That's on the head coach too. I mean. That falls on everybody. You got a six and a half month off season and a five month season, and you can't. You know what I mean? You're you're blowing your staffs up less than halfway through. Like, come on, man. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, there's just not enough out there. So maybe it makes sense if you're a team that that is going to be making a change to uh, to hurry up and make it. And maybe it makes sense if you're the Bengals just to hire Hugh Jackson. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't make any sense to do that. Why are you giving him a headset? Why are you hiring him? God, they're going to do it anyway. It's infuriating. Um, okay. Anything else we need to touch on before we get out of here? Uh, you mentioned that we already touched on the Ravens, but do you think the Ravens are going to make the playoffs? Um, probably not in the end. Uh, I just, I think things set up a little better for the Colts. Um, 
but they're going to, you know, I thought they were 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, at the beginning of the year, and they're, they're going to end up, um, and I thought they'd have to turn it over to Lamar by the quarter poll, the final quarter poll of the season, and they have. And this is uh, the only way they can win is by doing what they're doing. I mean, we talked about it three, four weeks ago when I first wrote about it. The only time they run the balls with Lamar on the field, the only time the defense is in a sieve, don't get caught up in the numbers, watch the games, is when – they don't have to be on the field as nearly as much as they were when Flacco was throwing the ball 50 times a game for, you know, five yards per attempt. So they're now getting rest. They actually looked apart in the fourth quarter. You see Terrell Suggs making plays late in games and having fresh legs because the Ravens are holding the ball 38 minutes a game. And the offensive line, which can't really pass protect all that well, have bought in wholeheartedly on this RPO scheme. Marshall Yonda's destroying people in the run game. Um, and teams don't can't figure out where the ball's going. And their most explosive player on their entire roster no longer plays 4.5 snaps per game. He plays all of them. Mm. So they're going to win some more games. You know they they are. I mean, if you if you are not stout defensively, um, if you don't have linebackers who really run, um, and somebody who can spy this quarterback, and they do the right thing, and Morningweg just you know sticks to the plan and doesn't try to prove, hey, this kid can throw the ball too. They're going to be a tough out. They're not beating Kansas City. They're not beating the Chargers. They'll probably lose a game down the road on paper that you'd think they win. I actually think the, the Browns game is going to be really tough for them because of the way that defense matches yeah, up. Yeah. And I think Greg Williams will just tell those ends, crash the quarterback on every play. The mesh point is the quarterback. If he pitches it, whatever. If we get beat a few times because of it, great. But, you know, he's going he's gonna to start feeling it early in that game. We're going <laughs> to play every play like it's a quarterback keeper. Take the head. Take you know, the, when they're in the pistol. Take the head off the snake, you mean? <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, clean, clean football, Will, but, but physical football. Um, uh, so, I, you know, I think that one's a tough matchup. So, what, they've got six losses already, right? Yeah, no, 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 six and five. Six and five. Six and five. They, six and five, they have the Falcons. Yeah, you know, I think they probably still lose three more games, and I don't know that – that that gets them home, but yeah. you know, and, and if they go three and two, and and things, you know, the round tiebreakers go their way, who knows? But I I think the Colts, I think the Colts are getting a nine at least. I do too. All right, if if the Ravens win a playoff game with Lamar Jackson and, and John Harbaugh and Marty Morningwig, is John Harbaugh staying, or is this? It's just. Do you think it's still? Well, it's still it's, 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 the owner has to. I mean, it, nothing really will have changed since. What I reported at the bye week when they made no overtures to the coach right. and, you know, sent no signals that, hey, you're still our guy. And he's not doing a one-year baloney deal. So, I mean, right. it's the same as it was then. They either give him considerable say in how things are done there and 45 to $50 million guaranteed, or he's gone. Because he's not, co- you know, coaching at the lame duck year does nothing for anybody. Yeah. He's not doing a fake extension. And he's not, you know what I mean? He's not... He's not going to, you know, just keep kicking the can down the line and say, oh, yeah, yeah, let's just, you know, let's do like Marvin Lewis. Let's just keep doing a series of one-year extensions. That's not happening. Right. So they're still back at the same point they were at at the buy, and then the, the owner's going to have to decide his, his organizational structure moving forward. And if he's, you know, he's ready to have a full recommitment to to Harbaugh. Okay. Uh, one more one more for you, and I'll get you done. All right. Um, is there any chance that the Panthers – David Tepper might reboot the Panthers if Carolina misses the playoffs. See, there's sort of a sleeper there because they're six and five. Uh, uh, you are, uh, you are quite likely on to something, my friend. Mm. 
They're six and five. I, I may have more to say about that on Sunday. I'll okay. leave it at that. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that, then well, I'll let Your instincts, your spidey senses are tingling for good reason. Mm, and yeah. I hope nothing happens there. And I, I'm a big Marty Herney guy. Me too. And I, I still look at their schedule and think they get to nine wins. It could be a factor. I don't know if we talked about it or not, but everybody's making that Seattle Panthers game out to be do or die. I thought it was going to be a hell of a football game. I thought it was going to be a playoff game in November, and it was. That, that felt like an NFC championship game. Yep. I thought it was going to be a slobber knocker, and I thought whoever lost is not necessarily done. Look at their schedule, and, you know, if you watch those teams, like they, they, that could still be the two wild-card teams from the NFC. It was going to take a Minnesota getting really hot, and I don't know if I believe in them from week to week, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm, I, the Vikings haven't shown me that they're um, this team that's just going to, you know, dominate the month of December. So we'll see. But, um, yeah, Barry, uh, uh, yeah, David Tepper's not uh, – he's, he's, he's not a happy camper right now. I'll say, I'll say this about David Tepper. David Tepper comes from the world of finance. He has always been aggressive. He literally has a pair of brass balls on his desk at Appaloosa, at Appaloosa Management. And – when you look at what happened with the with the Chiefs and the Rams and all the talk about the new wave of offensive aggressive coaches, Ron Rivera is the opposite of that. I think Ron Rivera is a really good coach, like in terms of getting the most yeah. out of talent. I don't think he's necessarily yeah. a great in game coach, and I don't think he's aggressive enough. And I think that he, uh, it, it, the riverboat thing is sort of a farce. I think he's a really great yeah. man and a great human being, but I, yeah. but you know, he's a great CEO. He's a great CEO. Yep. Um, I tell you um, what, tell you what, Jason, you yeah. Like, Look, look at these next two games for Carolina at Tampa and at Cleveland. They are supposed to win those games because of they're they're a better team. They're not freebies because they're on the road. If they don't win, no, the, if they don't win not. those, if they don't win those games, the Panthers aren't going to the playoffs. They, these are two must win games for them. No, they're uh, must win. These these are these are must win games. Absolutely, and, yep. these are must win games. And if they win them, then they can you know they might even have the chance to control their own destiny the last couple of weeks. But I, absolutely, they are they are must win games. Um, and the, you know what the other thing they need? They need uh, they need the Rams to lose another game. Because if the Rams lose a game, then the Saints might lay down in Week 17. Uh, Minnesota, by the way, at New England, at Seattle, the next two weeks, uh, they need they need those as well. And then the Seahawks are in great shape. They got four or five at home. Two and the only yeah. the only road Don't game. They, do they get Arizona twice? No, San Francisco twice. The only team. The San only, Francisco twice and Arizona. Arizona once in Week 17. San right, Francisco, right, okay. So I know between those those two teams, I knew they had them at least three games left against those yep. teams alone. And then Minnesota and uh, KC at home. So that that Minnesota Seattle game in two weeks, man, that's going to be a that's a that's another division like you know basically a a, a playoff you know, de facto wild card title game. Yeah. Uh, in the NFC, that's yeah. be very exciting. NFC race. No, be fun. I, I agree. I agree. Um, all right, well, uh, you can... Uh... We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, I think it's two of those three teams, you know, Seattle, Carolina, Minnesota. I mean, maybe the Eagles sneak back into this thing. But I, I still think it's probably just one team from the East. So, yeah. I think if the Eagles sneak back into it, it's in the, uh, it's in the, it's just, they win the, they win the division. Exactly, exactly. That's still not off the table, but we can talk about that more next week. If you want to hear about that little teaser for the NFL today on Sunday, Jason does the, uh, the insider stuff on CBS. Make sure to tune in every week from noon until one on CBS. And of course, watch him on CBS Sports HQ, cbssports.com slash live. Follow him on Twitter at Jason Lockenfora. Talk to you next week, my man. Sounds good, buddy. Have a good week. Thanks, man.